0: hello everyone welcome to queer christian conversations hello my podcast people how are you doing we're back live on instagram today we're having a queer christian I got your questions down here with me hey mr mike we will be answering your question today about sin consciousness how is everyone doing you know we have to do our quick our check-in right hello 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 hi 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 how dare you rock that dark lip? It is isn't an I You know what? I just had to do it, Mr. Mike. I had to rock the dark lip, okay? We're gonna be having a good conversation today, and it's really beautiful, snowy outside, and so the dark lip really sets everything off for the winter time. Obviously, I'm not dressed for winter because I'm in my house, okay? Um, how is everybody doing? Welcome, my name is Coach Yama. I am here to help LGBTQ plus people who identify as Christians. To make peace with their faith and their sexuality. And today we're doing a QA. So thank you. Um, so if you, uh, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I have five questions that we're going to get into. If you have any further questions, please hit the question comment um, icon to, I don't know, the left or the right of your screen and let me know what your questions are. Let me pull this in a little closer so I can read it. You guys know my, my, um, my my eyes unless i have my glasses on it'd be hard to see but tell me how you're doing let me do a quick check-in we haven't gone live in two weeks um but i did hook you up because we went live on saturday two weeks ago and then i went to put it on to um igtv and it wouldn't um it wouldn't uh save so i like kept it on all day like waiting for it to for instagram to get back to itself and it just wouldn't do it So um, I ended up doing a podcast, just recording it on my phone and posting that to Queer Christian Conversations podcast. So if you're wondering um, what happened, that's what happened. Okay, I see the questions coming in already. I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, Let's see. How have I been? I have been awesome. I have been busy. I have been growing. I have been um, healing. Um, I've been doing a lot of inner shadow work, okay, uh, he- healing all those uh, hidden demons, all right. Um, something that God has me uh, studying right now is Boundaries, okay. I'm reading the book Boundaries by Henry. Is it Townsend or Cloud? I can't remember, but I've been reading that. I'm um, getting healed from not having proper boundaries with certain relationships in my life so that's been that's been super helpful i um, really getting back to a place of worship with god and that's been very very sweet and beautiful had a beautiful morning with god this morning uh so that was fun we are all worthy says uh, they're doing well lots of love from friends bonjour 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 um como se va uh-huh i gotta know a little bit of french um you've been intending to read it. It's, it's interesting. I was going to post it, the book boundaries on here to share with you all, but because I haven't finished it and there's a couple of things in there that I'm not super jiving with, but I'm trying to eat the meat and spit out the bones. So if, um, God leads me to share what I learned with you also, I will certainly do that. Okay. All right. So let me pull up. Um, the questions that were sent in on the stories. I have a screenshot here on my computer. So the first question that we're going to get into is um, from Mr. Mike and um, they're asking how can we avoid being sin conscious when sin is is a huge part of the biblical narrative. And this is something that I really, is part of the program, the Path to Acceptance that I have, the one-on-one coaching program, with my clients, that there is a heavy emphasis because of, number one, we're queer, and so everything that the church usually teaches about has, connects, and links our queer identity to sin. So even if you reconcile your faith and sexuality, if you're still under the the impression that God is mad at you, which is why I posted that earlier um, this week, that God is mad at you, that God is looking to punish you, that if you make the wrong move, that God is just out here um, being just very vindictive and spiteful and just looking for a reason, Um, to not like you, to have bad things happen to you. We can just, we can become very aware of sin, okay? And it makes sense because the church is really, really focused on sin. It is, it's the, it's, um... It's really unfortunate, but I'll tell you guys my journey, um, reconciling that whole idea about sin. Before I affirmed myself and my queer identity, I was blessed with learning about the grace theology. Okay, so this is one of the steps I take my clients through when we're in the Path to Acceptance program. Really re um, redoing the theology around sin. All right, so to start from the beginning, um, sin... Enter through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And so it became the identity of of humanity, right? And then Jesus came and restored us back to that sinless state that Adam and Eve were in in the garden. And the sacrifice that Jesus um, did for us completely erased all of the, the handwritings, the Bible says, that were against us, okay? And if we pay attention, Jesus talks about when he's um, when they're recording him in the in the Gospels, he says and refers to the laws of, of the Old Testament as Moses's law. So he doesn't even say that these are the laws that God gave you. All right. And so he's not even connecting with that. So even when Jesus is speaking about the sin, you know, the Ten Commandments, not that it's not it's not morally right right? The Ten Commandments are morally right. But sin is not actions. Sin is an identity, okay? And so when Jesus comes and says, you are the righteousness, because he does the sacrifice, he resurrects, and he says, the Bible says, now you are the righteousness. Hey, Toya, now that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? That is your new identity, okay? Very similar, just because, um, you identify as a queer person doesn't necessarily mean that you have had queer relationships, okay? And Your queer identity is not linked, not, I shouldn't say not linked to, but it's not predicated upon the actions that you've taken um, in response to that identity, right? So similarly, sin is not actions, okay? We can do things that hurt other people, but in the Bible, when, um, when Jesus comes and... um and does what he does for us on the cross our identity shifts from being people who are considered sinners to people who are now considered righteous if you believe in jesus so sin is not even something that god wants us to be thinking about because jesus already took care of it why would jesus want us to be uh, um, meditating nurturing and, and um, obsessing over sin when Jesus already took care of it. It doesn't make any sense. You'll find it in the Bible in Hebrews 10, um, around 13 and 14, where the scripture says that Jesus made us completely perfect, we are forever cleansed, okay? In First John, it says that all of our sins have been forgiven. If you sin, there's an advocate, right? If you do something wrong and your conscience is messing with you, we have an advocate in heaven who was Jesus who's taking care of all of those things for us so we should not and do not need to be meditating on sin in fact the Bible calls meditating on sin an evil conscience okay does that make sense that when we're sitting there meditating on what I'm doing wrong what, where I've messed up? Is God mad at me? It's actually preventing you from having a relationship with God because you're so focused on sin. I can't, for example, if I'm dealing with fear and, and anxiety, if I keep meditating on fear and anxiety, that is all that's gonna propagate in my life. I'm whatever I I, I focus on becomes larger, right? It's like you're putting a magnifying glass on it. So instead of me focusing on fear and anxiety, perfect love, cast out fear. So the thing I should be focusing on is the perfect love, not the fear. So if I'm wanting to have a beautiful relationship with God, me trying to make myself good and being really focused on sin is not helping me at all. It's actually taking me back before the cross. It's it's behaving like the cross never even happened, like Jesus never even resurrected. Right. So if I want to get rid of sin consciousness, I need to know that when the Bible says now we are new creations in Christ, that means I am the righteousness already. That is my identity. So that's what I need to focus on. The more you focus on righteousness, whatever behaviors that you have that are harmful to you and to others, it's supposed to be an effortless change. Right. If you could work it out in your own strength, you would have done it. The Bible calls um, the, the law, it's the law of sin and death. It's actually a ministry of death. When we're focusing on the law, focusing on doing right, if you could be made right by the works of the law, Jesus would not have had to come. Okay? If we could do it on our own, there would have been no need for Jesus. Jesus came to say, you can't do it. I got you. Okay? I am changing your identity. So the most powerful force, one of the most powerful forces that we have that directs our behavior is we as humans, the way our brain and our mind works is that we want to stay, our desire is to, is to behave in alignment to who we think we are, okay? That is the most powerful thing. For example, if you think that you are an alcoholic, Right. And that's that's what you're professing. More than likely, you're going to end up back at that at that liquor store, pick you up some, um, (laughs) pick you up a little some something to get you a little Liberian say to get your spine coin. Okay, you're going to end up back at the liquor store because in your mind, your self image is one of an alcoholic. Now, if you were to say and change that self image that you are sober person. You're not the, the temptations. You're going to see them effortlessly, effortlessly shift because that is not who you consider yourself to be anymore. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if I'm constantly thinking that I'm a sinner, more than likely I'm going to get myself caught in a cycle of Sinning, doing something wrong, guilt, shame, which is all these things are from the devil, condemnation, do it again because I don't feel good enough, and then back in the cycle. So the way to break that cycle is in Christ, right? Which in Christ, you are righteousness. Does that make sense? Mr. Mike says, makes me think of Colossians 1, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Absolutely. Set your affection on things above and not necessarily meaning um, heaven, right? Because the kingdom of God is within us. So set your mind. I I will tell you guys this all the time, what the kingdom of God actually is. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit um, convicts you, we think that, oh, um, the the Holy Spirit has convicted me because I'm sinning. No, the Holy Spirit uh, convicts the world of sin, but it convicts the believer of their righteousness. So the Holy Spirit is always here, like Jesus says, to remind you who you are. Right? If you're like, oh man, you're beating yourself up. I messed up again. Oh man, the Holy Spirit's gonna say, hey, hey, excuse me, hello, hello, excuse me. Um, you're you've been made righteous. That is who you are. You're not a sinner. Focus on that. Okay, you're forgiven for yesterday's sins, today's sins and tomorrow's sins. So now that it's all forgiven, can you focus on building and 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 ruminating and saturating yourself in the love of God because the Holy Spirit is here to speak abroad the love of God so that we go to God and say daddy father, right? Not God in the sky that I need to please. Uh-uh, doesn't make any sense. Sometimes Christians teach and say, you know, um it's faith that pleases God, right? Which is true. But when they preach it, it's almost like we have to have faith in um, like right behavior. Like we have to have faith that God is a the sovereign um, mean God and then we can please him. No, God is saying have faith. Believe that when I send Jesus, when Jesus said it is finished, that means it is finished. There's a scripture in Isaiah 54 that gets repeated in Hebrews 9 that God says, I will never again be angry with you. I am casting your sin, as far as the East is from the West, I'm forgetting it. When you do something, I'm not in a conversation with you because I have holy amnesia about the things that you do wrong. What I'm trying to heal is the root issues that's causing you to behave in a way as if you're someone who is not loved. Okay? Make sense? All right. Um, hey, Ally. So does that help everybody? Any questions? Follow up with that? Let me know I'm give you like a minute as I read the other one. So basically the answer to not being sin conscious is to be righteousness conscious. And that's going to take some work. If that takes some affirmations in the mirror to sit, you wake up every morning and you receive the righteousness of God and say, I am the righteousness of God. Then that needs to be what needs to happen for you. If you need to get all the scriptures, even if you're scared of the Bible, go to Bible gateway, type in righteousness. Okay. From the New Testament, pull it out and meditate on it and ask God, ask Holy Spirit to make that your reality because it already is. We have to surrender to righteousness, okay? No matter how you're behaving, I don't care how unlovable you think you are, at the core of who you are, who God created you to be, with all your imperfections, you are completely loved by God and he is completely enraptured by you, I promise, okay? Now, um, next question. How I think these two kind of go together. How and when did you realize that being a gay Christian was not going to have God condemn us? So um, I have my testimony on YouTube if you want to go more in depth with that. But for me, when I realized that was in relationship with God. Number one, I knew the grace theology. I knew that there was no sin that was taking me to hell. Right, because Jesus took care of it, which is what we just talked about. I knew even if I believed that being homosexual, having homosexual attractions, or um, engaging in homosexual acts or behavior—you know how the church likes to um, talk—engaging in homosexual acts and behavior—I knew no matter what, as long as as I believed in Jesus, that I wasn't going to go to hell. Like it wasn't—it was never a heaven or hell issue for me. Okay. Now the next step was: Does God affirm me? As a queer person, it had to be because Psalm 139 says that He formed my inward parts, right? You created me. And in the process of me serving you and laying everything down, there were so many things that I, activities that I was involved in that was effortless, effortlessly taken away from me when I became focused on God and focused on that relationship and really investing in being loved by God. Not loving God, but really investing in being loved by God. There was a lot of things that fell off of me, right? Um I think there's a gospel song like when they met Jesus they looked down at their hands and their hands were new they looked at their feet and their feet was new like there's some truth in that because when you get in the face of God right and I know that sounds churchy but all that means is just showing up to have conversation with God that's all that is right so when I found that that became my dominant thought of being someone who was loved it was very easy for me to understand from there That God, you created me this way. All these other things that were unhealthy for me and unhealthy behaviors that I was portraying toward other people, they fell off. And this queer identity, this ability for me to love people, no matter their gender, is still here. This must be a part of me that you put in here, right? Because there are a lot of parts of me. that God has put in here, okay? The fact that I can even come on live and teach my teaching gift did not fall away from me because that is how God created me. My queer identity, me falling in love with that beautiful woman in that season, did not go away, and it was such a pure, beautiful love that I I knew somewhere deep inside of me that this is who God created me, but it took, again, just a little bit more time for God to sit me down because, to be honest, I was scared to have the conversation because I thought God was gonna sound like the church. I thought God was gonna say, you know mm -mm. you gotta fight like jackie hill perry says uh gosh she did a video side note jackie did a video yesterday that i think is worthy of a an entire youtube rebuttal video like a response video so i might be working on that pretty soon But anyway, so I was scared that God would say, no, this is your cross to bear. This is the thorn in your flesh. This is something that you're gonna have to fight the rest of your life. And whenever I would ask God about this young woman or even the relationship I had after that, I never was convicted to leave those people. And I've been convicted to leave a lot of bad relationships with men, okay? Child please. God has been very clear with me about those, okay? (laughs) He <laughs> gotta be like, uh-uh, nope, not him. Uh-uh, nope, he ain't ready. That's not the one. Nope, don't do it. Don't do it. So God's been clear, and so in my conversation with God, um, those conver- that never came up, and so it was God that finally sat me down when my heart was soft enough, softened by His love and His care and His light, that He was able to speak to me and ask me, "When are you gonna accept yourself?" Right. I've given, I've made you this way, when are you going to accept yourself, okay? So to answer that question, how and when did I realize it was through relationship with God? It was through me being loved, being the beloved, right? And, and focusing on that relationship and making it a priority because truthfully, at the end of the day, yes, God said it's not good for man to be alone, but the best relationship that we can have is with God, is with Jesus, is with the Holy Spirit. That's priority. And when we are loved in that relationship, we attract beautiful relationships to us, beautiful experiences to us, and we also emanate light and love out to the world. Right? We become we become the the lovers of the world that God, that Jesus intended. How shall they know that you are my disciples by the way that you love? And I can't love anybody else if I don't know how much I'm deeply, consistently, persistently pursued and loved by God, right? So that's how that happened. Yes, it is. Yes, she is. And the reason why some Rachel just asked, but isn't um, that gay girl, good guy on your bookshelf? Yes, it is. I'll tell you why. Maybe um, you're just joining me. But the reason why it's on there because my clients kept telling me that this book did a lot of harm to them. So I had to get it as a good coach and a good servant to you all to read it, to do a video to help you deconstruct the theology in there. So if you've missed that, um, I think it may be the last live video, but the last two podcasts that you can listen to, okay? Yes, we love our neighbors as we love ourselves, but you can't even love yourself right, which is why we're not loving people right, because we don't love ourselves right, because we don't know this relationship and how we're loved, okay? So the next question is, Um, Thank you for all the work you do for us, the LGBTQ plus Christians, to be confident in who we are. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that was not a question, I love that. Thank you so much. Um, Well, welcome Rachel, thank you for coming. Uh, Rachel says she knew. Yes, it's okay, girl, it's fine. I love all of it. Um, Next question, now it's about relationships, okay? How How to get ex that thinks same sex is wrong to be okay with it again? You can't do that. You cannot, hey, Colby, you cannot do that. You wanna get your ex who thinks same sex is wrong to be okay with it again, more than likely to come back into relationship with you. Okay, this is what's happening. You've broken up with someone. Your heart is missing them. Child, been there, done that, still healing, okay? Working through it. You can't do that. You can't change anybody. You only have responsibility over yourself. Okay, you don't have responsibility over anybody else, over their emotions, over their walk with God, over their beliefs. Okay, we cannot influence people. That's almost like influence people in a in a way to change who they are um, for our own benefit. Okay, that's like witchcraft. All right, so don't that that's my answer to the question. But I'll go. Um, <laughs> yes, Kobe says you cannot do that. I'll go further. You need to heal from the relationship all right appreciate appreciate it for what it was all right um love who you were in the process honor yourself that you were able to love someone in that way honor the experience nipsey hustle shared this with lauren london and she shared it at his funeral and i really loved it and she he told her that we don't own people in our lives we get to experience them okay so and it's beautiful because there's an ex, it's an experience, okay? Honor the experience that you have with them, bless them, pray for them, forgive them, because unforgiveness will eat you alive, and that's not even a joke. Unforgiveness is actually medically a disease, okay? So if there's any unforgiveness in your heart toward them, release that, ask God to help you release it, okay? Forgive yourself for maybe not realizing this person wasn't gay or didn't think it was okay, and take some time to yourself with God and let God love on you, all right? And release this person. You cannot control them, all right? Experience, not ownership, absolutely. All right, next question. What to do when X, who is a female also, breaks it up because she believes is a sin but does love you still? Again, same question. Okay, so I see what we're doing here. All right, hold on one second. (coughs) Excuse me. So what I see is happening in the community, okay, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm coming at y'all, get your, hold your edges down. I see what we're doing is that we may be doing some queer Christian missionary dating. Do you remember back in purity culture when we were dating to get people saved because he was so fun and all he needed to know was Jesus and he would pick us? Child, l- listen, listen, I don't care how much they love you if they believe it's a sin that is connected to them believing that is going to send them to hell if you love that person you will not be you would you would um resist from asking them to be in a relationship with you that they sincerely believe is going against the will of god we have to meet people where their beliefs are okay so if they sincerely believe and i'm Child, you know why God called me to do this with y'all? Because I have been there and I have done that. It took me three years to get past that situation. And you know what was even worse with me doing it? Because as a coach in what I do, I was trying to coach them through... Oh Jesus! I was trying to coach them through a relationship with God. I was doing all the research for them. Like, look, this is what this is what um, <clears throat> the Bible says. I gave them Matthew Vines' book. Kobe, your book was even in the mix. Hey, go ahead and read this. Um, just <laughs> ordered them the book from Kathy Balduck. Their own personal copy. Like, go ahead and take this, read it, so that we can be together because love is so real, right? Until this day the person still believes that it's a sin. And all of that work I did was me, number one, not having proper boundaries, okay? And number two, not actually really loving that person. Because if you look deep down at it, it was selfish motives. I want you to get set free, not for yourself, right? But I want you to do it so you can end up with me. It's selfish and it's not knowing your boundaries and it's not actually walking in love. Okay, because the spirit of God that loves us is a, I'll say a gentleman, okay, or a gentlewoman, right? Will never force us to do anything because if God could do it, the tree wouldn't have been in the garden. Theoretically, if the tree was real, okay, that situation of free will and choice would not have been placed before us. God's never going to push us toward anything. He's not going to drag you into believing him and to accept. He's not going to do it. So likewise, we don't do the same thing. Okay, so if they love you. Okay, and you still love them, it's probably wise though not to be friends with them at this time until you heal yourself and stop having these desires to try to drag somebody into affirming theology, okay? All right, question up here. Ooh, let's see. How can I make peace with the Bible when the Bible is a source of trauma for me? Okay. Great. Awesome question. It's a, it's a, it's a instrument of trauma for a lot of us. And it actually took me honestly, when you're deconstructing in the sense, it takes a while to get back to the Bible. But here's the thing that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about that. We were, we were taught the theology according to whatever denomination we were in of the Bible, but we were not taught the history of the Bible. Okay. Okay. And when you're only taught the theology of the Bible, yes, it's a sacred book, but we idolize the Bible, right? And so if I'm traumatized by an idol, right, it's gonna cause me trauma. But if it's a historical book that is a representation, a picture book of the divine's relationship with one group of people in the earth, then the fear of it, lifts a little bit then i can approach it as a source of wisdom i can approach it as a source of guidance to help me see how other people related to god to see that if they could hear god Right? Without having a Bible, because Moses didn't have a Bible. Um, Paul had the Torah, but Paul didn't have the Gospels. He didn't have the epistles that he wrote, right? He trusted that he could hear God. So if we approach it from that standpoint that is, normal people just like us relating to God, right? Writing these stories, journaling, okay? The book of Psalms, the things that David wrote, he didn't write it for nobody else but himself and God. It was his journal entries. Okay, so we can see it and bring it, bring it back down and stop idolizing the Bible, the trauma that was used, that it was used to, to inflict on us is going to be lifted a little bit. And honestly, yes, the words in there have been taught as the word of God, you haven't been traumatized by the Bible, you've been traumatized by an image of God, Ooh, come on, Holy Spirit. You have been traumatized by an image of God that was represented to you that is a, that is a false God, okay? You've been traumatized by that idol, okay? So the words, the words of this that's on the paper were used to say this is what God is saying to you. So it's not the Bible. It's not, okay? I know it's scary. Hopefully you heard the beginning part, but it's not the Bible. It's it's the false image of God that was represented to you as someone who's not loving, someone who's not kind, someone who created you as some way and is going to send you to hell. Not happening, okay? That's not who God is. So the Bible is still helpful for us as a historical book. And if you're not familiar with Kathy Balduck, um, if you're not, Colby's on here. If you haven't read Unclobber, okay, go and read that. Um, the the one scripture that would catch me up a lot was Romans 1 and 2. No, Romans one twenty six and 27. And Colby does a really, really good job of explaining that in a different way than Matthew Vines does. Because when I read Matthew's, I was like, mm, I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't think it's something about that. And it's funny because um, I was reading the scripture and the Holy Spirit says, can you tell that he's talking to two different groups of people here? Like, can you tell it changed? I was like, no. And then saw Kobe. I was like, oh, so like Kobe has the same understanding as well. So read that and get an understanding that it's a book that was put together by people who didn't even speak the language that the Bible was written in, um, translated. And there was a lot of stuff put into it, but it's still sacred. It's held the the test of time. It's still, um, It's still the testimony of God in a sense to us as humans to show you that if these people can come to me, certainly you can come to me as well, okay? Other questions. Mr. Mike says, what would you say to God being exceptionally intense and borderline scary throughout parts of scripture or some of the intense sections about judgment in the New Testament? I know there's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus, but dang, some of this is intense. So yes. So let's see. So throughout the, the Old Testament, I was studying this the other day and I'm not sure where I, I heard it, um, but there is a representation of, I think it was Richard War, that there's a representation of two different gods in the Old Testament, right? Humans are relating to God the the their perceived god and through the prophets the entire time god's trying to tell them like this is who i am right so they're like no god's me and god's like no but i love you come home no no but god's gonna kill us no but i really i really love you god is the same yesterday today and forever if god says i am love okay he's always gonna be love so we go reading the scriptures looking for a wrathful god which we have been taught is a wrathful god we're gonna find a wrathful god okay if that is your filter everything else that looks like wrath is gonna hit your heart even heart even harder because that's your expectation okay if God wanted to wipe us out he could have simply killed Adam and Eve it had not he could have just t- took their breath away it didn't have to be all this okay if God was after being wrathful okay he could have wiped this whole thing out Really, just think about it, so if the goal was to save us in the end, and that's what he's been working on, then I'm going to go look through that and look for the the images of God that lines up the picture stories of God that line up with who he said he is, who he showed himself to be in the beginning, which the simplest definition of God first john four eight God is love, and we have to we have to believe that not out of like compulsion but of experience and i'm saying this to you because i've experienced god and constantly experienced god as a god of love was in a um a very toxic relationship that was taking me a really long time to get over right and there was an illusion that i was believing and this morning spending time with god i like started to just ball because this is how i know i can read the scripture and i can hear people preach but I've experienced God, and if your God that you're telling me does not line up with the, with the divine that I have encountered on, I don't even know how many instances, then I'm not listening to you, okay? And God showed me today that he tried to warn me like in a dream about it, and I thought God was trying to like correct me. And God was like, no, I saw what was going on, and my hand is not too short to save. I was trying to rescue you, Um, to myself again, to remove you from that situation. Like, I was trying to help you avoid the pain so you wouldn't have to go through this now. Yes, you've gone through the pain and you've learned from it, but initially, right, I consistently try to rescue you. That is the God that we serve. If God was wrathful, because I'm out here doing a whole lot of stuff, right, Uh, while now, uh-huh, doing it, all of it, If that is the case, right, God would just leave me to my own devices like we think Romans 1 is talking about, right? And that's not what's happening. God is constantly, persistently looking out to rescue us from ourselves. Hey, cuz, okay? Um, I hope that helps. Any other questions? I don't even know what time it is. I have a client after this. How are y'all doing? How's everybody feeling? How we feeling how we feeling how we feeling is that resonating um and let me see if i didn't miss anything on there if anybody else wants, wants to chime in for mr mike um exceptionally intense borderline through our parts inside about judgment in the new testament i i think i would need hello lady j i think i would need um specific scriptures and maybe we can do that the next time so that i can break that down for you all because more than likely it's a wrong it's a wrong reading of what that is, okay? For example, our, you know, one of the clobber passages, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 9, um, you're not going to inherit the kingdom, but he's speaking to people who are not believers. And the very next verse says, such were some of you, but you've been cleansed. It's like, we don't read it, everything context. Even the Romans, uh, one of my favorite ones is Romans 7, where Paul's like, I do this. I don't want to do that. And he's talking about his old self, but we don't, if you're not reading the entire, the entire book, you're not getting the context of it. You're just pulling this thing out and reading it and thinking that you're condemned to all of this. Okay. Colby says, if the Old Testament story description of God doesn't match with Jesus, default to Jesus and dismiss the Old Testament description. Absolutely. Hebrews 1, right? Throughout these old times, God has spoken to us through the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. Jesus says that, I think it's Colossians says that Jesus is the express image of God. He is the exact image of who God is. Okay? Thank you so much for saying that, Colby. Yes, I think that God is so vast, infinite. Not everything is so black and white. Nope, because God is gray. Come on, Brenda Davies. Okay, because God is gray. Uh-huh. Okay. I think we're good, y'all. What time is it? Have we, have we done it? Have we done it? Have we gotten through? And Kobe, thank you so much for joining. I watched your um, YouTube video yesterday. I think I caught like the middle of it um, about being worthy of God's love. So beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, it was really powerful. So if you guys don't know Colby, please go follow Colby. If you don't have his book, please go and get it on Clabber. And then he does the Kane Colby show on YouTube. I don't know how often they go live, but it's really, really awesome. Um, so make sure you check it out because the beautiful thing that God is doing right now is that we didn't have resources before. Now we have a community of people that are coming together and showing you like it's okay to allow God to love you as you are as an LGBTQ plus person and not only love you and accept you as how you were created, but that God, if you want to be in a relationship, would bless you with a relationship, right? Would bless your unions um, and bring all good things onto you, the best of the best, okay? All the good things, all right? So Colby's, um, for the podcast people listening, Colby's YouTube live is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Um, Pacific time. Um, will you come be on the show with us? After, okay, come on, invitations, all right? Um, yes. Oh, no. Kobe, don't remind me. I am available. This is all I do. This is my life. This is all I do. So I'm always, always available. Thank you so much for the invite. Um, let's link up in the, in the DMs. All right. So thank you guys so much for watching. Um, I will pray. Let's just let this go on live on the, let's save on the feed. And then I will put up the podcast by either tomorrow or Saturday so you can listen to it. Okay. So thank you all. Bye everybody.